Hey y'all, it's Jenny McGrew and this is the Worship Leaders Collective Podcast. We're just so excited to have Mark Buchanan with us today uh, on the Worship Leaders Collective Podcast. Uh, Mark is an Associate Professor of Pastoral Theology at Ambrose Seminary in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He's formerly Pastor of New Life. Uh, Baptist Church in Duncan, BC. He's a world-renowned author, writer, speaker, everything. <laughs> he's a he's an incredible family man, and him and his Cheryl have just um, been very dedicated to raising a very healthy and and happy and thriving and flourishing family. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to invite Mark here is that he doesn't just you know the things that he talks about, the things that he preaches about. The things that he writes about, um, he he really lives it. He really lives it. And just like we've all heard that phrase, we teach what we know, but we impart who we are. And I've just learned being around Mark in the last couple of years, because he actually was one of my professors and at Ambrose University in Calgary, Alberta. Um, that's in Canada for all you people from the United States. <laughs> Calgary, Alberta is in Canada. It's just above Montana, but I was just really blessed to have Mark as uh, one of my spiritual advisors for a year um, in my first year of university at Ambrose. And he's just been such an incredible blessing. And he just really has an, a, a gift to teach and a really a gift to inspire, but really to impart. And I've just always likened when I talk about you, Mark, I always just say, you know, Mark's just like this incredible tuning fork. It's just that you really resonate in this frequency of, of God's and, you know, just reminds me so much of John 15, I and him and he and me, you know, that it's just, there's just no appendage of, of God or, or the Bible on you. It's just, he's in you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as you walk with him and as you talk with him, he talks um, through you and just breathes life through you. So you know, that's, that's why I wanted you on the podcast today. So I'm just incredibly honored that you said yes to being here with us today. And I know that you're going to just be such an incredible blessing of just pouring into many worship leaders around the world. So thank you, Mark. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you, Jenny, for that very generous and very kind introduction. Yeah. Um, So today we are going to talk about Sabbath. Um, Many of you would know who Mark Buchanan is. As I said, he's a world-renowned author. And one of the um, greatest things that Mark's known is really for his his books on Sabbath. Um, He's written this book called The Rest of God. If you've never read this book as a worship leader, as a, you know, I would encourage you to read this book. I would encourage you to start imparting some of these truths that are in the book about Sabbath into your team. If if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and you've not read this book, I would encourage you to read this book and just to, it will, it will help bring more health and greater understanding in your life and be able to impart that. So, so that's really where we're going to go today with this podcast is that Mark just teaches on Sabbath and just, we can grow and learn so much from you, Mark, on the things that you have taught others and and myself really on Sabbath. My personalities, you would know, is like go go go, hit the wall, <laughs> hit the wall, um, not crash and burn so much, but just you know hit the wall. And I know one of the things that you're you're always just saying, like Jenny, like are you resting? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I often hear you in my head in my in my day to day life. And you know what? It's 
it's just been a, a gift from the Lord. So I just really want to open the floor to you today and um, open the mic, so to speak, to you today, just to share with us on Sabbath and, and where does that come from and, and what does that look like? And how can we be applying that better in our day-to-day lives? Because as you know, um, people are going really hard. They're, they're going really hard and too hard and exceeding their margins. And it's like we have this whole Mary and Martha thing going on in a culture, you know, where is Mary, um, it's, it's just really knowing how to, um, you know, where a lot of people talk about, well, life is about balance. Right. (laughs) And it's like, after, after going through your spiritual formation class, I'm like, well, actually it's more about rhythm and it's not really about balance. And and where's the balance? Because, you know, we're all, we're living lives as the children of God. It's like, sometimes I think we, we know so much, but we walk in so little at times, but we're running from one side of the teeter totter to the other side of the teeter totter, you know, this done. Oh, this is right. That is right. You know, And, and really when it's, it's really about listening and leaning into the Holy Spirit and just saying, you know, how, how am I to use this time? How am I to walk out this season of my life in the way that you would walk it out, God? Because um, this, this season is probably going to look different than the last season. And, and Sabbath really helps that. So I don't, I'm, I'm taking away from what you're going to say. So you take it away. And okay. I, I, I like what you're saying, Jimmy. Yeah, very much. I mean, there's two things that are crucial for a Christ follower. And I, I think it's simply intensified when we get into <clears throat> some ministry, like a worship ministry, for instance, where so much is demanded for us. Uh, we have to actually minister out of some depth that we have. Um, if, if we're simply ministering out of our giftedness, out of our margins, mm-hmm. at some point that that begins to the the cracks start to show. And so, my concern uh, as a Christ follower f- f- first, and then as somebody who cares deeply about life and ministry, is that our 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 ministry would come from an overflow, right. There'd be an abundance of our own inner life with God, our own connection with people, our own attentiveness to who we are, uh, our, our, our clarity about our identity. And out of the abundance of that, ministry would flow. And so in order to do that, there's, there's as you know, Jenny, many practices that are essential and have been practiced throughout history that help us attend to that inner life. But one of them is Sabbath. And Sabbath is, I think, one of the most neglected practices in our own day. And yet I would argue one of the most necessary to the cultivation of all the other practices. What happens often if we don't have a habit of resting, deeply resting, resting in the presence of God, paying attention to our own um, the, 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 what God is saying to us, paying attention to the people in our lives, all that is some of the fruit of, of good rest. But if we don't have that practice of rest, a lot of our spiritual practices like reading scripture, praying, or um, giving to, you know, caring for, for people uh, other than ourselves, those things start to become brittle. Mm-hmm. 
And we start to do them out of some need to achieve rather than, again, this overflow. So uh, my main concern is what is at the center and what is in the depths of a Christ follower's life? Right. It's very good. So tell us where Sabbath comes from, originates in the Bible, because as much as you and I would know that, I don't think a lot of people, you know, really understand the foundations of Sabbath and where that comes from. Yeah, the two main sources are first the the creation account where God creates for six days, gets very busy, very creative. I mean, it's the ultimate text of creativity, of uh, thinking and then speaking and then something that it's something now is real that simply was was in the in the heart and the imagination of God. So it's so the Genesis text is so much about uh, human creativity as well as we're made in His image. But the, the the clear rhythm of God works, and then there's night, and then there's day, and God works six of those, and then the rest. So it it, it in the very beginning, God built into the very the very structure of creation this pattern of working and resting Mm -hmm. it then gets made into law in exodus and then it's repeated in deuteronomy and the ten commandments the sabbath commandment is the fourth and we we can talk about that a bit later because i think it's significant what that commandment says but we have both this creational mandate going back to the very opening story in genesis genesis to where God uh, rests on the Sabbath day and calls us to rest. So built into the, uh, in some ways, Jenny, it's not simply a, a gift or a practice for Christians, but for all creation that implied in the creation story is the need for all creation to rest. And if there's going to be this flourishing, it it's uh, going to come not just from our creativity and our working, but from our resting. And then in case we miss the point, God says, and I command you to do this. Right. So it's both those things. So those are, those are the two deep biblical tap roots. One thing that's worth noting is that, you know, virtually all other time rhythms, so uh, monthly rhythms or seasonal rhythms or night and day rhythms are actually built into the, the structure of, you know, there's there's creational rhythms for them so so there's a thing called autumn <laughs> that you know that the the tilt of the earth takes us into a season where things cool down and mm-hmm. things die and and there's a season called winter etc and there's obviously the rhythms of night and day uh, con- you know connected with with the movements of uh, earth around the sun but uh, there's actually no rhythms built around the week, uh, creational rhythms. So those are human-imposed rhythms on time uh, that that we have the sense of time move through the cycle of seven. Um, and so we can't sort of locate, you know, the seventh day in some sort of moment of creation. And yet experiments have been done throughout history to try to alter that rhythm of of seven day of seven day week. So, for instance, the French Revolution, they wanted something that seemed more to their minds more rational and practical. So they imposed a ten day week where there was sort of nine days of working and one day of resting, and everybody got sick. The animals got sick. <laughs> yeah. 
there's something about, you know, something about God building in to our creation, not necessarily the creation of, of the rhythms of the earth and the sun and the moon, et cetera, but into our, our sort of, he built into humanity this need that every six days, if you don't step back in a significant way from the work you do, it's going to have accumulative consequences in terms of health and well-being. Yeah, that's so powerful. And you just even brought out that word commandment. <laughs> no, I yeah. think we need to stop and take those words really seriously when we see them in the Bible, because God's not, it's not a request. And just, you know, just really looking at that when we, when we, when we're reading our Bibles and we're attentive to reading it, it's to really park and ourselves on certain words and be like, okay, and just, and just allowing that to soak into our hearts and saturate our hearts. Um, but as we're talking about that word heart, that that really brings me to uh, something that I had talked to you a little bit about last evening, just in an email, was the book that you wrote on the rest of God. And then maybe we could just talk for a moment about time. Yeah, let's do it. And yeah. So in one of my class, last classes at Ambrose um, with Dr. Arch Wong, he had us read an excerpt out of your book on the rest of God. And just even just reading some of your, just the way that you just alliterate truth and it just like comes alive and, and you just begin to share some things on a uh, Sabbath heart. Hmm. And can you just talk a little bit about that because it's, you know, I love the way that you describe that in the book, the rest of God, uh, because it, it just was like an involuntary response now to where when, you know, when, when we're living that way, it's not like, right. you know, it, it's, it's like that phrase that says, well, if you're, if you're careful about what you think about, like, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you won't have to think so much about what you yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jenny, um, you took a, a course in spiritual formation with me as well as other courses. And you may remember that one thing I say at the beginning of that course in spiritual formation is that my goal is to turn you into a thoughtless Christian. <laughs> and what I mean by that is you're not actually thinking about what would a Christian do in this or that situation, but it's, right. it's in this overflow. So in a sense, it becomes instinctual to behave as a Christ follower. It becomes instinctual to worship, instinctual to help, instinctual to be kind. Well, Sabbath to me and the Sabbath heart is about cultivating that, that sort of thoughtlessness or carelessness around the practice of Sabbath, meaning we take great care and we put you know, some effort into actually developing the practice of keeping Sabbath, but ultimately we're forming the heart. And when the heart is formed, the heart simply does what the heart does. <clears throat> so if, if we have a well-tuned heart and our heart has been tuned toward generosity, at some point we don't have to sit there and say, will I be generous in this situation? We simply do it. Right. It, it, it is simply the response of the depth of, of who we are. So when I talk about Sabbath heart, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring this idea that we're not simply to practice rest. Of course, that's part of how we cultivate a Sabbath heart. We say, this time I'm going to set aside and I'm going to stop you know, frantically trying to define my existence or um, validate my existence through all these things I'm doing. I'm going to receive today. I'm going to be present with people and with God today. But ultimately underneath that is this, this sort of deep attentiveness to 
the presence of God, the presence of others, to what's going on within you and around you. And that fundamentally becomes the Sabbath heart, where I think in a lot of ways, the Sabbath heart is the essence of it is, is attentiveness. We really start to pay attention. Because yeah. part of the consequence of, uh, part of the, the ha uh, hazard of being over busy is we stop noticing. We stop noticing the people around us. We stop noticing what's going on within us. We stop noticing God in the midst. Right. And we're so focused on what we're trying to fix or what we're trying to achieve that the very, the ver the very sort of uh, world around us sort of fades or disappears in the glare of that trying to you know do this thing. And part of the gift of Sabbath is it, it, it begins to slow us down and, and tune us up to what is actually going on around us. So the Sabbath heart is that, that attentiveness. And uh, the more we, we, we practice that attentiveness, the more we're actually able to enter a Sabbath. And the more actually our, our even our workaday worlds have a kind of rest uh, or days, you know, where we're going around having to be busy because that's most of life. But when we have a Sabbath heart, we're, we're doing it out of a, a, a sense of quietness of spirit rather than anxiousness of spirit. Right. And we're not afraid. No, that's it. You know? And we're not afraid. Like just people talk about FOMO, you know, Yeah. but it's always been in society really for so long. But just that whole fear of missing out or fear of missing the mark or, you know, fear of not leading the best set list or fear of not having the biggest church or fear of not writing the next big song when really all we're required to do is sit at the feet of Jesus, you know, and when we just have that Sabbath heart that just rests fully at the feet of God and just saying all that you are, God is all that I want. And all that you have is, is all that I need. You know, we're just, that's the place of fruitfulness. The place of rest is the place of fruitfulness and the things that we think that we want are not often the things that we actually really want because God actually knows our wants greater than we know our wants. And as we rest, God's highest and best now is able to come in to our lives. It, it, exactly. You, you describe it very well. Maybe um, this would, would help your listeners understand what we're talking about. Um, a lot of us see Sabbath. We, we actually don't know how to distinguish it from leisure. And leisure is simply, I got to get away from all this work. I got to go to the lake or I got to go lie in a hammock or I got to read a book or whatever. But the problem with leisure is we, leisure is this thing we do as a reward for working or to recover from working. Right. Whereas Sabbath is a thing we do in order to over, overflow into our work. So we're not coming to Sabbath saying, oh my goodness, finally the weekends arrived and I can, or the Sabbath days arrived and all that hard work I can put aside and I can, for one day, I can escape it all and simply do something pleasurable. What we're saying is Sabbath actually centers your whole life. Sabbath becomes foundational to everything you do and everything you are. And when we're resting well, and this takes some some practice. It's not like, I mean, like anything, playing the guitar, singing, uh, preaching sermons, doing dribbles with basketballs. To get good at it, you practice it. Well, same as Sabbath. 
But as you become better and better at the practice of Sabbath and, and more and more you're cultivating that Sabbath heart, what you will find is that the Sabbath becomes a foundational practice to your life and the work you do, the creativity that you and productivity you have to bring to the rest of the days of the week is really the fruit of this good resting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some ways we're reversing the idea where Sabbath or rest becomes a reward for or the recovery from work and say, no, no, no. Start with the idea of a Sabbath and then your work becomes sort of the, the fruit of this good resting. And, and all the, what you call the foam of the fear, the anxiety, the stressing, this I need to do this to, to feel somehow I have value in the world, all that starts to f- fade away as we're coming out of this place of, of uh, deep attentiveness and centeredness in God. Yeah, so powerful and it's so good. Uh, so clearly uh, you have a lot of revelation and understanding of Sabbath and resting in the Lord. So I have learned, and as many would be well aware that are listening, um, people who either minister things well, speak things well, write things well, and, and, and be able to help bring a, loom, a spirit of illumination from that had at some point a coming to Jesus, so to speak, moment in their life where the Lord just begins to meet with them and just say, okay. Um, I don't want to necessarily ask you to share your coming to Jesus moment, but what was, you know, because that's personal, you know, usually on some level, but, but what's the fruit in your life, you know, just personally or the, in the, or the fruit of, you know, even in your family's life and, or in your ministry of Sabbath, what, what have you noticed? Yeah, well, I certainly, I don't mind talking about my coming to Jesus moment. I was pastoring, I pastored for many years. I, I currently, as you said at the introduction, am a professor, but for 24 years as a pastor, and I was in a church that was growing very quickly, and we were in a building project, and it was so much fun, and then one day it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had been uh I, I actually at one point sat and I, I looked I looked through my calendar and realized I had not had a day of rest for 40 days. And I was running out of, I was crashing, I was burning, I was hitting walls, I was uh, miserable, I wanted to quit, I wanted to kill people, all of that sort of stuff. And, and I really was angry at God um, with this, this sheer exhaustion and sheer sense of this total sense of, of uh, I don't have it in me. I, whatever this thing requires, uh, I clearly um, I've, I, I don't have the capacity. And it was in that season where God, through various means, began to show me my neglect of this gift of rest. And so my wife and I began a journey of, uh, and we're both equally tired. And one of the con- one of the, the symptoms of that deep tiredness is a loss of intimacy uh, with everybody, with your spouse, with your kids, with God. And so we were in evasion mode with one another. And, and you know, we would get a, a break from our kids. You know, the in-laws would look after the kids for the night. And we all we could do is go to a movie because we didn't actually have to know how to sit across from each other and have a face-to-face heart-to-heart mm-hmm. but uh actually it was a movie that that began that sort of uh, 
the, the revelation is called Castaway with Tom Hanks. And, and he gets shipwrecked or, you know, plane wrecked on a desert island. And his best friend becomes a volleyball. And, and it was actually the moment where I started to envy this guy, all of the solitude that he had. Uh, and I thought, okay, I'm in trouble. I'm so bad trouble here. And that's, uh, out of that came a, a really frank um, heart-to-heart conversation with Cheryl, my wife, about we're, 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 we can't sustain this. Initially, the thought is I got to quit the pastorate and go find a, a real job. You know, I got to go build houses or something. And then uh, this discovery, God began to lead us into understanding Sabbath. And one of the first things that he showed us was in Matthew 11, where Jesus says, come unto me, all you weary. And of course, that was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and he says, um, I'll take that yoke off you that doesn't fit, and I'll put one on that does. And initially, I thought, oh, that means he's going to give me a new job. And then I you know, did a little research into yokes. And obviously, yokes, uh, not a job. It's a tool. It's a tool for doing a job. And oh, man, the pennies dropped. And I thought, what Jesus is saying is, I will show you how to do your job, same job, plowing fields, whatever, you know, the, the heavy work. I'm going to show you how to do this in a way. I'm going to give you a tool for doing this in a way that actually is going to make it light and easy. And I thought, really? Okay, I'm in. And what began to, the, the simple gift was, I'm going to show you Sabbath. I, I'm going to, uh, despite the fact that you think you need to work 40 days straight without a break, because you're so important and the work's so important and it, it can't survive without your presence. And I'm going to show you that actually you have huge worth, but you are not indispensable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am the one doing the work in and through you. I, uh, you have to, yeah, you have to show up. But I actually am a, a God who works out of overflow, not out of scarcity. So you too. And so we began to, very clumsily to practice Sabbath. But my goodness, you asked what the fruit is. Very quickly, like within about six or eight months, I began to experience that overflow, Jenny. I began to sense that my sermons had a kind of... Um, Somehow the heart of Jesus was coming through. I, I listened to the stuff I did before. I was yelling at people. I was just, stu- I mean, I, I would have, I'd have easily 10, 12 minutes of every sermon where I'm shouting at people. I didn't even realize it. I'm just like, I'm strident, I'm angry, I'm bent. And, 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 and so I, 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 I think the heart of Christ and this, this tenderness of Christ and this winsomeness of Christ began slowly to, to emerge in me. But I think that the, uh, the, there's many fruits, but let me name this one. You already talked about FOMO. You talked about this, this pervading sense of, of fear, anxiety, the world's not right. And the sky is falling. Um, scarcity thinking, disaster, you know, catastrophe thinking, all of that started to, I, it, it didn't go away entirely. It was re- it was always crouching at the door. <laughs> but the more I actually got into these rhythms of rest, the less that actually uh, was intimidating. The more I could see it in its proportion, the the further away it got. And so I began. To, I, I think one of the deaths to ministry in any kind of ministry is when we when we minister out of fear. Uh, we start to do weird things like yell at, yell at our congregations. <laughs> uh, and the more I felt that fear dissipate and the more I felt 
the, the presence of God and the goodness of God and the, and the provision of God, I was able to minister out of those places of trusting and resting in him. And I, well, the, the, I guess the, the, one of the fruits is that uh, crisis I just described came uh, roughly 10 years into pastoral ministry. And I was, I thought the only solution was to quit. I ended up another um, 14 years in pastoral ministry and they were the best years of my life. And the reason I left pastoral ministry is uh, an opportunity came up at Ambrose that I felt was a good season for me and, and good use of my gifts in that season. But I wasn't leaving because I was disheartened or discouraged. I left out of a sense of God, you've been good and this has been good. Praise God. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. That's going to be such a blessing to everyone. Um, there's just such a sweet presence of God, just as you were sharing that. And it mm. was just really beautiful. I just just really sense God's presence. Thank over you. Just sharing. Would you um, say a prayer of blessing? I'd love to, Jenny. Yeah. And worship teams? Yeah, I would. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to share briefly with this group of listeners uh, far and near. People, some are in the peak of their ministry, and this is simply a reinforcement and a reminder of the good ways you, you meet them and have met them and overflow out of them. Some are, are discouraged. They're at the uh, edge of their, at the, the very, very edge of their limits. Um, are feeling that they uh, don't have anything more to give. Father, I pray, as you met me those many years ago, so graciously, so tenderly, uh, without rebuke, but with uh, a welcome and an invitation, I pray you would meet uh, those people in that way and you'd say, come unto me, come. Are you heavy? Are you burdened? Are you weary? Come and I will show you something and you will like it. So I pray for that. I pray for uh, worship leaders. I pray for worship teams. I pray throughout uh, the churches that are being represented by all those who are listening, that uh, something in this conversation would click, would, would light up and begin a journey. And I pray, Father, the fruit of that would be, a, first, a profound intimacy with you in each person who's listening. I pray that would overflow into the people that they minister to. And I pray a real flourishing of worship ministries where it would not be about striving, but it would be about encounter. And I ask these things for your glory and for the sake of uh, your, your servants uh, who love you and serve you, even though sometimes we get tired doing it. And I pray that in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. It's our hope and prayer that we would grow together to become our greatest of selves for the glory of God. We'll coexist to help encourage, equip, inspire, and connect worship leaders and teams like you from all around the world. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on up and coming episodes. Connect today with our Wilco community group on Facebook. Please also like our Facebook page if you haven't had a chance yet and leave us a rating as it helps us and helps others find us. We are also online at worshipleaderscollective.com.